Hey guys, thanks for checking out the Five Tool Sports Podcast. Be sure to check us out on Twitter at the number five TS Podcast, on Instagram at the number five Tool Sports Podcast, and on the web at five Tool Sports Podcast.com. Make sure to check out our partner website, Football Scout 365.com. Find them on Twitter at FS. 365 underscore analytics and on Instagram at football scout 365 run by senior analyst Brandon Lundberg. Thanks guys. Enjoy the show. I couldn't stop if I wanted to a nine to five is something that I don't want to do sit in the cubicle miserable as I slave away getting complacent with life as my dreams fade away. Nah, motivation to go harder. I'd rather spit that real shit, I'd probably die martyr. They wanna ride the wave, I hope you got your surfboard, cause it's a high tide, though we try and ball like the car. Well, it is your boy, CS, and then my man, the one and only, the man, the myth, the legend, the one true king, my man, Woody Mass. How's everything going today, Woody? Pretty good, my family. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you was from Southeast Asia, man. I would have, I would have put some, some music in the background. Ring, ding, 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 exactly. ding, 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 ding. Feel me? So yeah, man. Me and my man Woody here to bring you another NBA preview. We're about what a, a week into the season. We a week weekend, and a half, baby. Weekend, seventy-two game season. So yeah, man. It's 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 been good. We've seen a lot of surprises thus far, and so me and Woody, we're here to cover the Easter, the Western Conference, and we're gonna talk about a few rookies. How you like that, Woody? I love it. I'm so excited, CJ. This is a great NBA season. We got an influx of young talent. I didn't think this draft was gonna be this good. Yeah, me neither. Um, it's it's been some surprising rookies out there, some that we expected a little bit from and gave us more, and then some who we maybe expected more and they haven't quite given us enough yet. So with with uh with all that said, you wanna start off in the Western Conference or the Eastern Conference? Let's start with the East. The East, the Western is a lot of parody right now. It's very, very across the board. But the East, we're starting to see some people take some early leads. It's some beasts uh, in the East for sure. Yo, I mean, I don't mind tooting my own horn here. But Go ahead and toot it. I said something about the 76ers. I said Doc Rivers is going to get the, he gets the best out of his stars. He creates an offense that makes his stars succeed. And then they got Daryl Morey, and Daryl Morey went out. He got those shooters that you need around a player like Ben Simmons. He got those shooters that you need around a big man like Joel Embiid. So they're allowing that pick and roll to function at an elite level, but now they got people on the wings, and you got Harris in the corner. The offense works now with the the youngster they drafted out of Kentucky. Well, uh, Maxie. Maxi, he's, he's getting wet from outside. And Harris is looking good. He's not so much of an albatross of a contract. I just love what I'm seeing out of the Philadelphia 76ers. I also, also want to po- point out, Woody, that uh, not only Philly, they're at the top of the Eastern Conference, but some of the teams that they beat early on, I really wanted to check out the schedule and see who they beat. They beat some of the other top teams in the Eastern Conference. They beat the Boston Celtics. Um, they beat, actually, the Magic. That was a preseason. But, yeah, they beat the Magic. Uh, they beat the Raptors. They beat the Knicks, who, you know, they're 4-3 they're and three with a winning record right now. So, by all means, Philly, they look good. Ben Simmons, he oh, hasn't didn't even, even give love to Seth Curry, bro. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, look, they have some good pieces there. Doc Rivers, he has them working and playing well together. Ben Simmons isn't even putting up any, like, crazy numbers either. So, well, Ben Simmons... I mean, I don't want to talk too early. Ben Simmons, he's 100% for three-point. <laughs> <laughs> he finally shot one, man. Yeah. I, and, you know, so look, I saw um, I saw an interview with Ray, Ray John Rondo, right? I feel like uh-huh. Ray John Rondo is the poster child of point guards that can't shoot. <laughs> like, oh, if yeah. there's an encyclopedia of point guards who can't shoot, you see Ray John Rondo's picture. Ray John Rondo said in an interview, he said, you know what? You just can't give a fuck. And it, it came a point to where I just didn't give a fuck. I just let him go. And Rajon Rondo. Had to because people were backing off like 10 feet. And and Rajon Rondo, we've seen moments where Rajon Rondo can't miss from three. This, bro, this finals. He yeah. had three threes in the game, the last game in the finals. Yeah. So, so you mean, know, he's, he makes them when they count. And we even saw him make some of those in Boston those that year he they went on the finals run. When it really counted, he knocked down a couple threes. Yeah, so yeah. situational three-point shooting and being a bad three-point shooter are two different things. 
Sure. And if Ben Simmons can turn into a situational three-point shooter, that's all he needs. Yeah. That's and all then, he needs. As we know, just with Philly, it's it's about health, right? They're a 50-win team. They're contenders in the East. They just have to stay healthy. They so could win six games. Ah, man. Maybe, maybe not with missing 10 games. Maybe not with missing 10 games. That's, 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 a, that's, a, that's, a, yeah, that's a bold statement. Even with missing 10 games, if it was an 82-game season, I don't know if i like this team to win 60. Just because the East is – it's not the East from five, six years ago. I it's, just – I love roster flow, man. When a roster matches the style that you play, and I think Daryl Morey really executed, like, what this roster needed in the offseason, more, more so than maybe Rob Palenka. Like that's that's what he's rivaling as what what he did in the off season improving a chi- a title contender. Okay, okay, I like it. Well, let's let's continue to move through the East. I won't touch on a few teams like Boston Celtics, solid players. Give them we, some time to grow. Yeah, we expected them to do well. Probably be top four or five in the East again this year. Shout out I, Tristan Thompson getting used as a lockdown defender. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, let's let let's touch more uh, in depth on. Possibly the Orlando Magic and the Indiana Pacers. Which one you want to go first there? In the words of Jadakiss, yo, who's real? Who's <laughs> not? <laughs> nah, <laughs> Orlando Magic. I don't think Orlando's real, but I think they're real promising. I like that. My thing is, is Terrence Ross, the heater off the bench? Like, this, the, yo, this man is averaging 20 points and one assist. Like, he's Look, just coming in getting buckets. I feel like Terrence Ross always been the heater off the bench. Yeah, and but he's, I've he's always had that clip. There's he a difference you've seen this year. He doesn't. Because he, I feel like he, he kind of slumped himself because he became that regulated corner three-point shooter. And he wasn't taking the ball to the basket. Because back when in Orlando, they, they kind of tried to turn him into that. I mean, Toronto, they kind of tried to turn him into that three-point shooter. And he lost that explosiveness. If you remember when Terrence Ross first came in the league, he could take the ball to the basket. He could yam on people. Yeah. yeah. So but, now you're seeing him take the ball up close. He got a better shooting percentage, a better PER. He's putting, he's getting buckets, not just three-pointers. Yeah. I, I, look, I think Orlando has a has a, a solid team. I think they can really challenge for that one of those last two spots in the Eastern Conference, Markel Fultz. You know, oh. he's he's been labeled as a bust up until... He just got um, a contract extension. He just he's got a contract extension. And you know what? When you watch him play, you see the explosiveness. You see, like, he just he just cocked back and, and jammed it the other day, just came down the lane. And I'm like, you know what? He's back. He's shooting a good percentage from the free throw line, which I look at that because his issues with his shoulder was affecting his jump shot, his free throw shooting. So I think he's 100% healthy. And then Cole Anthony, he showed out in preseason, hasn't really been too, doing too much since the season started. But I think that's that's a young, promising piece that they have where those There's two guys can play together. There's a good balance him and Foles. For good sure. balance him and Foles. For sure. Um, and also, shout out, Nikola Vucevic never gets any love for putting up 20 and 10 a game. For yeah, like and five. He, yeah, forever. He's been doing <laughs> yeah. it forever. Um, now... You said who's real, who's fake. Let's get to someone who might be real. I just touched on the Indiana Pacers. Mm-hmm. DeMontes Sabonis, the son of the former Portland Trailblazers, Arvita Sabonis, he the is legend. showing out this year. I mean, man, I love his game, man. Watching him, he's special. He's got a mixture. He's got a bunch of guys in him. He's got a little, a little KG offensive. But he's got like the passing skills of a Larry Bird at his yeah. size. He's just he's just such an interesting player. Soft he's, stroke, great mm-hmm. touch around the basket. You you can like <laughs> KG's a great comparison. I can even go as far as say I can see some dark in him just with his touch and and that ability. But you can really tell he's trained um, and he's learned a lot from his father. Now for people who don't know, it's kind his of his mom was an Olympic though. athlete too. Uh, good plug in. Didn't know that. But Arvita Sabonis was kind of before his time. He was a he was a big boy, big six eleven, seven foot, probably three hundred pounds. But he was nimble on his feet, and he was a bit of a stretch center before that position existed. Yeah. Although back then, a stretch center was shooting it from the elbow and from the the, the top of the key at twenty feet, and not really spreading it out to the three point line. And remember, so, he was the only European to ever take it to the U.S. Against the our professional dream teams yeah. in the Olympics. Yeah. 
he made the U.S. recalibrate and take it more seriously because he was a made problem. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then, look, Pacers, we didn't even touch on T.J. Warren. Um, again, he had a, a great um, bubble, and then I think he's going to uh, really take that trajectory and continue to trend up. Victor Oladipo is back and healthy. Mount and he's balling. Oh, Oladipo is balling. Yes, he's back, he is. he's back to old Oladipo. I'm glad. I was worried about him for a second. Yeah, he's, he's shooting 47%. Shooting 47%. That's, That's good strong. for Odipo. And the Pacers, they got six dudes in double figures right now. And then you got Justin Holiday averaging nine points a game off the bench. Both Holiday brothers are averaging good points off the bench. They're getting good play off the bench. Great but, team. I mean, we talked about Sabonis. We talked about Oladipo. We even mentioned TJ Warren. But, bro, the best player on the team might be Malcolm Brogdon. We haven't even yeah. mentioned him yet. He's for averaging sure. 22 a game. That's – and – um. We talked about this before we went on air, Woody, how the Milwaukee Bucks really made that mistake in letting Brogdon go. Now, fortunately, they, they did a different story him. last year in the playoffs with that Malcolm Brogdon. For sure. Definitely. Without without question. Without question. Uh, let's keep it moving, though, Woody. And let's touch let's touch on my squad. Um, man. The New York Knicks. It looks can I put promising. can I put a little while on your fire, a little water on the fire here for the Knicks, but dampen no, it out a little bit. Look, I'll, I'll, by all means, I want you to please. They're not playing the youngins. Like I get, like Julius Randle is Julius Randle. Like if you're trying to build up his trade value, but I mean Julius Randle, the only person who's frozen the ball more in a New York Knicks uniform is Carmelo. Like the the ball stops when it hits Julius Randle. Uh, you know, but uh, okay, so. I'll say this. Ju- Ju- Julius Randle has been one of the Knicks' better players this season so far. The best Still player. early in this the season. Wait, uh, it's between him and R.J. Barrett because R.J. Barrett has had some good games too. I, I don't. I'm glad R.J.'s getting some love because he, he is real hate. You know what? I was thinking about this too. So you know Steve Nash is his, is his godfather, right? No, I didn't. Yeah, that basketball family is crazy in Canada. Steve, Steve Nash and R.J. Barrett's father are really good friends. And so Steve Nash has mentored R.J. Barrett for quite some time now. And Explains his handles for a big man. Well, that, and I was just thinking about it from, Steve Nash is in Brooklyn, right? Oh, so you might get those private coaching sessions right there now. There you go. I, I feel like that matters. But R.J. Barrett has definitely taken his game to another level. Makes me feel good about that. Then you got Mitchell Robinson, and you got uh, um, my man Quickly, Emmanuel Quickly, who's there. Thibs, great coach. You're not seeing the floor unless you play defense. And Thibs just brings a winning mentality, and True. I feel like that's what he's brought to to the Knicks more than anything. Man, shout out Alec Burks to a really promising young shooting guard back in yep. Utah. Then he had those bad leg injuries. For him to get back and just showing that he can drop 20 a game again yeah. here in the Knicks uniform, you just got to love to see that. Because once the knees goes, you never know how yep. something's going to go, especially the guard. And Austin Rivers, too. I mean, he was a good pickup for that team. And he, the Alfred Payton-Austin Rivers platoon has been working. Yeah. yeah. They balance Look, each other really well. The Knicks, I don't know. They got a formula that seems to be working. And maybe that formula was, hey, James Dolan, don't fucking touch it. Don't talk. <laughs> don't talk. Don't do anything. Don't breathe. Just sit in the corner. And you're seeing, you know, the youngins are still getting a little play. I wish the Knicks would give them more. But Emmanuel quickly's showing flashes. Obi Toppin's showing flashes. Mitchell Robinson, I mean, the potential oozes with Mitchell Robinson at the center position. And even Kevin Knox, you know, he had some heater games. He's not showing a ton this year. My biggest disappointment is Dennis Smith Jr. He's, he might be done, right? Like yeah, he's, he's done. You know, that's one of the weirdest things I've ever seen. I can only really count. One other time to where I saw like a promising young player had ups. Actually, you know what? Two other times where I saw a promising young player just kind of just literally fall off a cliff. And Dennis Smith Jr. is one. Michael Carter Williams was one. He had a great first year in Philly and then he fell off the map. But then the other one was Jalil Okafor. He had a solid rookie year and then he fell off the map and now he's like a journeyman at the end of benches now. So um shout out to the process. Shout out to the process. (laughs) It don't work for everybody. But and Frankie Smokes also another point guard that showed potential and just Yeah. yeah it's tough. Um and so look we'll we'll keep it moving. 
like I said, we have Boston Celtics there fourth, ranked at five and three in the Eastern Conference. The Knicks right behind that at four and three. The Cavaliers, I know you want to touch on the Cavaliers mm-hmm. a little bit. Woody, they're four Yo. and three sitting at the sixth spot in the Eastern Conference right now. Yo, my Cleveland Cavaliers. This, this is one is, of my teams to watch. Uh, this is a big surprise for me. I still didn't think they Oh, it's, it's a big that. surprise to everyone. No one was expecting them to take the leap. But, man, Colin Sexton is the real deal. Everyone thought he had the potential to be something special coming out of college. And some dudes just have that learning curve. You don't see it their first year. And you wonder if they take the step. And it's just awesome to see that they actually were able to develop young talent because we all thought they were a dumpster fire. Yeah, Like, we didn't see this coming at all. But Colin Sexton, if he's taking that next step, he's got a 20 PER right now. He's averaging 25 a game. Oh, wow. 25 That's, a game. You know, I, I think I think what GMs really loved about Colin Sexton coming in was just his competitive drive. We saw it um, We saw it in high school. I followed him in high school. He had some, like, some big matchups versus other top-tier talent in high school, and you could see the competitive drive and fire that he played with. Then he went and he played with um, with my man Avery Johnson over at Alabama for a oh, year. Oh, that's right. I forgot and, Avery Johnson down there. Yeah, and you could really see Colin Sexton's competitive fire throughout that entire college season. And I bet Avery rubbed off on him with that. <laughs> for sure, for sure. I mean, look, that's a good person to uh, – to, to learn from. So, Woody, do you think Cavs make the playoffs? Ooh. Wait, wait, wait. I'm a, I, I got better. I, I do. Do you think they finish above five hundred? Yes. Put it on wax. What up? Be, you want to know why? Because what everyone was worried about with that two point guard backcourt in today's NBA, if you can have a two combo guards that can handle the ball and switch off seamlessly. Darius Garland and Colin Sexton are learning how, how to play off each other. Yeah. And Darius Garland, he's averaging almost seven assists a game, 17 points. He hasn't found himself like Sexton. And but he's balling. If Garland can take that next step, bro, they got two uh, they got an all-star backcourt. Right. And you know what? Having two like jitterbugs back there <laughs> just <laughs> running around like that, it has its, its advantages because in this new open you know, get up and down the court game, that works for them. That's an advantage. The disadvantage is on the defensive side of the ball because they're both undersized guards, and if they ever run against guards that are bigger, they may struggle. But the neutral factor in that is Andre Drummond um, kind of man in the paint. Woody, I know you talked about Andre Drummond a little bit. Man, he's putting up all-round stats right now. Andre Drummond is averaging 16 points a game, right? But stay with me. 14 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 steals, 2 blocks, and a 20 PER. He, these are these are numbers. He's he's putting up stats that he wasn't putting up in Detroit. Yeah. Detroit, he'd stuffed two categories of stats. He's, he realized when there was no interest in him whatsoever, I think yeah. it gave him the chip on the shoulder he needed because he was coasting in Detroit. He didn't yeah. care. Look, Woody, we bad-mouthed him. Off air before the season started. I oh mean, yeah, we were dogging Andre. We called him a waste of uh, talent, a waste of space, because he it was like, yo, you can stat stuff stats all you want, bro. But if you ain't getting any wins, the NBA outgrew you. Maybe yeah. the big man doesn't have a place. Well, he's showing differently. He's making a difference in the places in the stat columns where it counts. And remember, this team has not had Ke- a healthy Kevin Kevin Love yet. So we'd be adding that to the mix, and I think he fits in perfectly next to Andre Drummond. Yeah, yeah, he does. I, look, I, I like Cleveland, and I like what they have going on here. They're definitely trending in the, the right direction, and uh, I think the future is definitely brighter than what anyone thought it would be. I got one stat for you before we leave Cleveland. What you got? Three-point three percentages. Colin Sexton making two threes a game, shooting 54% from three. That's strong. I mean, Darius, obviously, he's due for a fall-off, but that's strong. Obviously, Darius Garland shooting five threes a game, 46.9%. Now, that's a real number because Darius Garland came into the league and they, they talked about his shooting ability. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So so that's real. Darius Garland can keep that up. Colin Sexton, one of his weaknesses or uh, just not really a strength was his outside shooting. And if he continues at that clip, or not even at that clip, but if he shoots it confidently like he has – that's a good sign for Cleveland going forward. I'm just excited that Cleveland actually has like a young 
promising backcourt because that is the two hardest positions to find elite talent at. You can find wing players, you can find big men, but to find two starting guards in back-to-back drafts, knocked it out of the park because people were having some real doubts on whether Cleveland was a comparable comparable franchise. I was one of them. I mean, look, you're drafting two, you know, roughly six-foot point guards back-to-back years. I I was... I was on the other side of the fence saying, hey, what are you doing, Cleveland, as well? But look like they had a plan, and it's working for them. Um, so, look, instead of staying on Cleveland too long, we'll cover the team right under them in, in the standings. Um, we expected this team to be a lot higher in the standings after the first week, just based off what they've done the past few years. Um, and that's the Milwaukee Bucks, ranked seventh right now in the Eastern Conference at 4-3. and three. What do you I'm not worried about the Bucks because if you look at their home away split, I know there's no crowds, but that just means travel. Travel has been affecting the Bucks, and it's a, just a team that's younger that hasn't gelled yet with new players like Holiday. I think that's going to fix itself as the season go on. I mean, they're dropping 118 points a game, just like. And if they keep dropping threes at the rate they have been the last few games, I'm not worried about them at all. They're going to be in the playoffs in the championship hunt when you got a player like Giannis on your roster. I got you. I got you. So look, it's not a lot to touch on there, Bucks. We know what they are. We expect them to slide up those standings and be a what top three, top four team. Yeah. Uh, at, at at worst, come playoff time. Yeah, I, I I mean, I don't see them dropping out of the top four. Yeah, same here, same here. All right, next, uh, the Atlanta Hawks. I know, I know, Woody, you've been on record. You said you love the uh, Atlanta Hawks. You like I called them my play. 2K team. You I disrespected did. them a little bit. I disrespected them a little bit because you know what I didn't realize? I didn't realize that Cam Reddish and Hunter came to play defense. They went and signed all these nice white boy shooters, uh-huh. and they got two athletic youngins playing their roles. The fact that their coach can get Cam Reddish, a five-star recruit going to Duke, coming out of college, a little little underwhelming, and Hunter to buy into playing roles at a yeah. young age and executing their roles in the offense and defense with Clint Capella, this team is showing moxie and so that- deep. That's that. That's a real big deal for Cam Reddish because Cam Reddish his not coming into the NBA was he doesn't seem to really stay involved from beginning to the end of a game. His his shot selection would be bad. Sometimes he would disappear in games. They always said, hey, he has the length and the athleticism to be a really good defender, but he he hadn't showed it yet. And it was more so about effort. So that's great that he's really. I guess taking that next step and improving uh, on parts of his of of his game that that wasn't really I guess the best. And then as far as DeAndre Hunter, um, DeAndre Hunter when he came out of UVA, he was kind of tabbed a three and D guy. They said, hey, this guy can play defense and he can shoot it at a high level too. So DeAndre Hunter, I'm not su- uh, that surprised about, but Cam Reddish, I am very surprised about. And Bogdan Bogdanovich has proven to be a great shooter next to Trey Young. Just you give that man any space on the outside, he's going to knock down a few threes a game. But I don't think we're giving the proper uh, praise to Trey Young. I think Trey is taking that next step. People knocked him because he was like, he had high usage rates like James Harden, but he wasn't getting the wins like the Rockets were. And the biggest jump I've seen for Trey Young this year, free throws. He's getting the line 12 times a game. He wasn't mm-hmm. doing that last year. That's you get those free points, those free easy points. So look, are the Hawks a playoff team? Yes, locking in. Okay, where? I see. Look, I I go back and forth with a few of my buddies on social media, um, just because. Look, I like Trey Young, and obviously he can't argue too much with production. Shout uh, out John Collins coming back too, looking nasty throwing down dunks. I want Trey Young to. it's more than the production for me. Like, we see the numbers, but I want to see him really make his teammates better. You know, people people say, so I had a debate a few days ago, top top point guards in the East, excluding Ben Simmons, for whatever reason, we didn't count him. But it was like Kyle Lowry, Trey Young, Kyrie Irving, and some people was putting Trey Young at the top, and I'm like, look, he hasn't earned it. I'll still take Kyle Lowry above Trey Young right now. For one season? For one season, yeah. Because he's going to make me better defensively, just his defense alone. People disrespect Kyle Lowry and what he's become. For sure. Now that we're on Kyle Lowry, let's segue 
it to the Raptors, who's actually uh, tied for actually their fourteenth right now in the East at one uh, and five. The biggest disappointment thus far. This is uh, we were kind of wondering with the amazing coaching that they have with Nick Nick Nurse. Uh, I think everyone expected them to be able to conquer losing a lot of their overall talent. But I don't think people realize how important Serge Ibaka was to their functioning. Yeah. The fact that he could stretch out and shoot those corner threes and give them that offensive punch and then turn around and play elite defense, yep. it's hard to get elite defense and elite three-point shooting from a big man. Like, if Serge didn't get any respect how he grew in his time in Toronto. Shout out David Zenon, Liberty graduate, taught that man how to shoot. <laughs> I mean, Serge obviously put the work in, but took it, took him to school, taught him how to shoot. He did uh, doing doing big things, training NBA players. Um, I, I mean, are they a playoff team? You no, think they recover. Who? No. What he? What he? You want to know why? You want to know why? I want to know I'm why. Not, I'm not trying to buy like follow the hype train too much, but the thing that scares me most, CJ, their number one player, isn't a number one player, and you told me. This when Pascal. the season started, yeah. Pascal Siakam has regressed. People have figured out his offensive game. If he cannot turn it around, Kyle Lowry cannot do it alone, man. They're they're backing up off of him. He he's not hitting those open threes. Pascal Siakam is looking inept on offense. Inept, yeah. not good yeah. at all. Yeah, I, look, I, I think I think they they right the ship. I think they make the playoffs, but. I do think uh, the biggest reason for that is I think they have enough pieces and then they have Nick Nurse. I've been on record saying I think Nick Nurse is a great coach. Maybe they don't climb in that top four, um, but I think they'll be somewhere between five and eight. I do. I do. I'm, I'm not ready to stick a fork in them yet. Um, now, with that said, let's let's move on. We got just a couple more Eastern Conference teams to cover. Who, who, who do you want to cover that we haven't covered yet, Woody? Uh, let's take a pick. Um, we covered all the major ones. What about, what about Brooklyn? Oh, I miss Brooklyn. Bro, Brooklyn. I got some things to say about Brooklyn. Hey, look, the hype train was off the charts early in the season. Off the they charts. That first game. That yeah, first game. Look, Kevin Durant and Kyrie do look great together. And they play well off each other. We weren't but sure how then, that was going to be. But then, <laughs> a little adversity strikes. And yeah. They both missed game-winning shots on the same possession, lost a game, and the internet exploded because Kyrie talked some shit about the GOAT. Yo, Kyrie, like, I never really agree with Charles Barkley when he tells young players what to do, but for once, I think Charles got it. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, just shut just up. Just shut up. Shut up. He, say, he sounds like an angry ex-girlfriend. Bro, you see does. him burning sage around the school like a jilted ex-lover at an apartment? Like, come on, bro. Like, I'm all one for spiritual beliefs, but you, you're making a mockery. Like, you calling yourself an artist will take pride in your art. Yeah, for take sure. Take pride in winning. For sure. And look, look, let's not be too tough on him because so far, he's having a good season. Bro, he was my closet MVP pick. He was my sleeper MVP pick. So don't I, I have faith in Kyrie in this offense. Yeah. I think he's going to turn it around. But can Kyrie figure out how to win? Because we're still waiting to see him yeah. win without LeBron. That's yeah. just facts. Yeah, just straight facts. And what scares me the most about the Brooklyn Nets is, one, you had Dinwiddie go down, which was a big loss. You got Karis LeVert that's going to be, I yeah, think he's re- going to be six-man. Rewind it back to Dinwiddie. People yeah. don't understand how much of a big loss that is. Huge loss. Huge that, loss. That's a top four minutes guy on a contender team. That's a guy that's going to probably be in the game during crunch time, last five, six minutes of the game. Yeah. And and Brooklyn, they have some nice pieces around them, Joe Harris and, and, you know, et cetera. But I just think losing Dinwiddie, Karis LeVert, I love him coming off the bench. But this is what scares me. When Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, when they both play well, when they both drop between 25 and 30 and it's efficient and they lose, that is what worries me. When your two best players play the best that they can and they and you still lose, like, for example, Lakers. If AD and LeBron both drop 30 and have good games, the, the, the Lakers don't lose. You feel me? So that really worries me with the Brooklyn Nets. Okay, if we're getting production out of our two superstars, can we get production out of other players as well? Not named Karis LeVert. I mean, you got DeAndre Jordan there. He, he should... He should be putting up 10 and 15. 
No, that's true. Yeah, well, I mean, let's let's not ever bring up DeAndre Jordan in NBA conversation again because the man's washed. He's not he's not playing meaningful defense anymore. He got brought there so KD would go there because they're close friends. That's what that is what it is. Interesting. Jay Jay literally he's like best friends with Kevin Durant, and that's why he got brought to Brooklyn. <laughs> he, mm. he literally owes his last contract to Kevin Durant. You Jason know, Allen is the difference maker on that. It's the center on that team. Yeah, and Jared Allen is Jared is, Allen, is the. I think he's the future, the future big in Brooklyn for sure. But you know they they paying uh, DeAndre Jordan at least twenty million dollars. So you got you got to pay the piper to get Kevin Durant. They pay the yo. This is how good Kevin Durant is, and people don't respect it. Not only did they pay him to sit out for a year in rehab, max money, they paid his homie to come hang out who was washed ten million a year. <laughs> yeah, that's that's wow. That's wow. <laughs> So look, just to what? wrap up, just to wrap up the Eastern Conference, it's a few teams we didn't touch on. The Wizards, uh, they're they're two and five right now. It looks like a struggle for them, but Russell Westbrook there, they're having some chemistry challenges, but they may get it together and obviously make make a run for um for the Eastern Conference playoffs. I know we touched on the Chicago Bulls early in the season. Loving uh, the youngster, you Young. you're loving the youngster. Loving the youngster. He's blending in well with the offense. Yeah, and shout out, I may be walking that Zach Levine hate back that we talked about on the preseason show. Well, we'll, 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 I'll wait a, uh, like another couple weeks got before. To. And then and then for the Chicago Bulls, you got my man, my my UNC Tar Heel, Kobe White, who's also balling out this season in, in mm-hmm. his second year. He's shooting the lights out from downtown. So Bulls are 3-4 and four right now. We didn't say much about the Heat. The Heat, they're 3-3, three and three, but Woody, I think we can both agree that they're going to be there at the end of the year. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Without question. Mm-hmm. Um, so with all that said, let's segue to the Western Conference. And Woody, I'll let you take it from here if you want to. Because the West is the best, baby. So let's start it off. Don't start uh, in the West Coast, East Coast beef. Because last time that happens, a couple people ended up dead. Yo, grab your Glocks when you see Tupac, baby. <laughs> um, Los Angeles Lakers, defending champions. Uh, they Lost to the Clippers. I wasn't worried about it because I saw some bright things that I was really happy about. Montres Arrow and Dennis Schroeder are the best offensive options off the bench I've ever seen on a championship contender. I'm so excited about this pick and roll. Ever? Because uh, off the bench as a combo, name me a more effective, I mean, maybe Nate Robinson, Glenn Davis. Uh, well, I, I mean, look, I think you're on to something. I, I can't really think of anything, but I know Lakers probably have somebody to pair with Lamar Odom coming off that bench. Maybe. I don't know. But Yeah, no, they did. And I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll take the – let me knock that hype down. But it's up bit. there. But it's up there. I'm, I'm just so happy with it, bro. Dennis Schroeder's averaging 16 a game, and Harrell, as a 21 PER, averaging 12 off the bench – and, bro, what is this man shooting? Montrez Harrell shooting 63%, CJ. Yeah. He's shooting well, 63%. A lot of them are dunks and easy baskets. I mean, hey, when the defense is focused on cats like Anthony Davis and LeBron James, two guys who are very willing to pass the ball, um, you're going to have some very efficient numbers. So, Yeah. Kyle Kuzma, he's shown improved shooting from three-point land. He's 41% so far. So if that lasts throughout the year, that's invaluable. I, I think they need to use Kyle Kuzma's – Trey Bate. You know, I like Kyle Kuzma, man. I I love Kyle Kuzma, but honestly, I don't think he's necessarily taking the steps that I wanted him to take. But that's not all, all his fault. When they had a young roster there, uh, Kyle Kuzma was doing his thing. But now you got LeBron, you got AD there. It's 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 less touches for him. So yeah. he's not really developing at the rate that we thought. Oh, he they could. could have kept Brandon Ingram and put Kyle Kuzma in that trade. Oh, my God. I just, I still think about it. Yeah, <laughs> but, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. Like, if we if we go back two years and we talk about that deal, I think everyone would have been like, no, nah, trade Brandon Ingram and keep Kyle Kuzma. Like, look, Brandon Ingram didn't have his coming out party until until uh, last year. In, yeah, in- I was still a believer, though. I just, I knew a player like Ingram who has those skills. All he had to do was put on that man weight. I'm like, glad they didn't give up on him. Yeah, he still was a baby. Like you saw, and he him. still is. But yeah. he's still young. He he's just he was frail. His balls hadn't dropped yet. But his balls is it, like they've dropped. Not only have have we seen him get bigger and have more of an NBA body, but 
like when I when I use the term balls drop, I really mean it because you literally see these kids turn into men. Yeah. Like it was a clip the other day, Brandon Ingram at the free throw line talking shit, saying it's over, it's over. We wouldn't have seen that Brandon Ingram two years nah, ago. You know excuse, what I'm excuse me, sir, I got to get to the free throw line. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I mean, look, it's great seeing these cats grow up. And look, you can't well, this- teach, you can't teach what Brandon Ingram has. That's he true. like like his player comp is Kevin Durant. Right. Length and shooting, bro. Yeah, man. You can't beat that. All right, but this is a perfect transition point. So the Lakers, they're going to be there at the end of the year. They're going to be in the championship contention. But newcomer, youngsters, they fell out of the love last year in the bubble. They didn't make that end-of-game tournament. But right now they're sitting number five in the West, New Orleans Pelicans. So we were talking about Brandon Ingram. Brandon Ingram looks like he's making that next jump, bro. Uh, he's he's averaging 20. But the thing that we're seeing with Brandon Ingram is defense. Yeah. He's finally being able to body people a little bit, not just get shoved out of the way like he's a piece of paper. Yeah, like the man and, just couldn't put a body against anyone; he was too light. Yeah, and I, look, I like what Stan Van Gundy has has going there. You got Zion, you got Ingram. I mean, you got Ball. You got no, some good pieces. Ingram's averaging twenty five a game with a twenty three per. That's strong. That's very efficient. Strong. Very, very efficient. Very efficient. Zion, 20-point PER, he's having 20 points a game, eight rebounds, 30 minutes. I think 30 minutes is a good line for Zion for his knees, too. He needs to be right around there, and should, that's a, that was really smart of them bringing in a player like Steven Adams so you could give Zion those breaks that he needs because, man, with that gimpy pimp walk that he has, like, I'd just be worried about that knee. Jumpers with uneven knees, bro, it just yeah. spells and, that. And the thing is... The Pelicans going out there and getting Steven Adams, who I'm not like a huge fan of, but I, I'm a huge fan just based on how, how he fits. Cause Steven Adams takes up, he's a big body, takes up a lot of space in the paint, which which then creates more room for Zion just to do what he does well, right? When you gotta block out and worry about a big seven foot two MF in the paint, it opens stuff up for Zion, whether it's putback slams, rebounds. Um, catching a defensive rebound and just getting it and going. Um, things look good for the Pelicans. Well, one thing with the Pelicans that I'd like to point out, another trade where, what's his name, Griffin, the the GM that's came uh-huh. over that, that was the Cavs old GM. Yeah. This man keeps sneaking little back-end deals on the trades. I think the winners – of the tr- off-season trades for the Pelicans. Everyone was talking about the Bucks won that trade when they had Bogdan Bogdanovich in the deal. Then he got dropped from it. And then yeah. the Pelicans somehow swung it to where they got Eric Bledsoe and Steven Adams in that deal. Yeah. Eric Bledsoe's been playing lights out defense. Yeah. And averaging 10 points. That was a slept-on pickup. The platoon of Eric Bledsoe and Lonzo Ball at point guard, that is a playoff platoon right there. No, it is. It is. And you know, I thought I thought losing Drew Holiday would affect them more. But, but let's I go think, can defend. So you're not losing that much what Drew brought. Well defensively, right. But then offensively was where Drew Holiday, he's just such a do it all player. But one reason I think they let him go is because they see Ingram and Lonzo Ball and expect them to take that next step. So I think I I think it was a good deal, honestly. Yeah, the, these they got so much depth on this team, man. You they got do. Josh Hart, Nikhil Alexander Walker, JJ Reddick come off the men. Jackson Hayes, I know you were a fan of. He's barely getting any burn. Yeah, they got Zion Williamson and Stephen Adams, and he was uh, a lottery pick for him last year. Mm-hmm. All right, CJ Pelicans, they in the playoffs. They definitely make the playoffs for sure. See, I got them on the fringe still, but I hope they do. I'd like to see Zion play some playoff basketball. A playoff team. Look, I, I would. I, I feel more comfortable picking like the Pelicans to make the playoffs than the Warriors, man. To be quite honest with you. All right. Well, let's talk Warriors for a second. Uh, Steph Curry. I think he made a great point. People are coming out saying Steph saw Steph is really an overrated superstar. Yo, Steph's only gone up against greats in the finals. That's just like he he's he yeah he beat the goat. Like, hey, look, <laughs> Steph's an overrated superstar. Until he gets me more, it gives me more performances like he had the other night when he dropped sixty-two. Like well, he's I, averaging thirty-two. I don't, I don't think Steph is overrated. I just think when you're a small guard and like that's your trick is 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 the three ball. It's hard, it's hard to carry a team. It's hard to carry a team when your best trick is 
is shooting threes. That's not a knock on him. I think Steph Curry is great. Um, I just think he needs to – Steph Curry is going to have to average every single bit of that 32, and may, that might not even be enough there. Um, Golden State, again, the future looks bright for him. If Steph Curry can still put together, you know, three, four more years of, of you know, giving us his his best, you got James Wiseman coming up. Andrew Wiggins is still young. I don't think some of those pieces will be there um, within the next year or two. But they're in the playoffs if it started today at four and three. I here's my thing. I think people. Uh, Steve Kerr is a great coach, right? But I think he's starting to get that Belichickian feel that they had in the NFL of him kicking the tires on players that haven't really done with their potential. So we got excited when we saw athletic. Players like Kelly Oubre and Andrew Wiggins, who haven't really panned out, brought to the Warriors because, like, oh, maybe in their system they can highlight their talents, right? But we're seeing the same old Andrew Wiggins, man. He's he's av- he's getting those empty numbers. He's averaging 17 points a game with an 11 per. If Andrew Andrew Wiggins holds the key to the Warriors season, if Andrew Wiggins does not play more efficiently then the Warriors will not make the playoffs. They're flat out. I, I agree. Look, they need Andrew Wiggins to give them between 18 and 20 points a game at a 50% clip. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, they, and they need him to play shutdown defense on the other end of the floor. Kelly Oubre Jr.'s shooting has been horrific this year, historically horrific. This man's shooting uh, 16% from three-point land. Look, Can't any, have that. anything that's not a dunk, you can count it as a miss for Kelly Oubre. Yeah. Which is it, which is surprising because uh, he was he was he, oh, look he's never been known as like a great shooter, but he kind of started to hit that corner three when he was in Phoenix. He was he he was by all accounts probably one of your better or one of the more up and coming three and D players in the league. And now maybe the system just isn't working for him in Golden State. I don't know, but he's another player that, like I said, him Wiggins they could be on the move um, at yeah. some point this season. Shout out James Wiseman, showing a lot of potential as a rookie center. Uh, if the Golden State Warriors make the playoffs, it'll probably be because James Wiseman's rookie of the year. Mm-hmm. That's that like that's gonna have to happen. He's gonna have to step up his play. He's showing great potential so far, but he's gonna have to kick it up to that next level. We're only seven games in, so if he can kick it up to that next level, which he has the skill set to do and succeed in that offense, yeah. he can drop down the three ball too. He's he's by far the most athletic center they've ever had in that offense. Yeah, is look is Draymond Green? Is he done? Is he still a, a, a all star? Is he a Hall of Famer? He's not a Hall of Famer. Okay, he's 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 a fan favorite. He might be one of those dudes that gets in like after twelve years, oh, like man. just like throw him in there because he's such a memorable. Because you know Draymond's gonna get some some broadcasting. We job. gotta change that shit though. Oh, you know what? A broadcasting job is definitely gonna get him into the hall. Of yeah, because that that literally, the, if you're a great broadcaster, you become a legend in your own right. Like especially with championship rings, yeah. be able to squash anything like. You know, Draymond's going to say some ignorant stuff. Huh? So, look, <laughs> I mean, I just think – so, I, I just wish, like, the Hall of Fame changed their criteria. Or Well, basketball by far things. is the easiest Hall of Fame to get into. I mean, look, Tracy McGrady – look, I love Tracy McGrady. Love him. His he's prime, a Hall of Famer. His peak. Yeah, he's a Hall of Famer. Look, you rolled your eyes for the same reason that I rolled my eyes. He gave us, like, seven really good years, never got out the first round, and they were like, here, T-Mac, you're a Hall of Famer. All right? So, this – Draymond Green, man. I think Draymond Green is more deserving to get in the Hall of Fame right now. Than Tracy McGrady? Yeah, man. Look, he he has three rings, has a Defensive Player of the Year award, and he has, what, three, four All-Star Game appearances? Like, right now, like, put it like this. I feel like Draymond Green was a superstar in his role, and he played his role better than what Tracy McGrady played his role. For sure. No, I, I, I don't I wouldn't fight that. Draymond was the second most important piece on those championship squads, flat out. Flat straight out. Straight up. Straight up. He's the sure. defense that he brought, what he how he could run the offense from the high post. The only person I remember running the offense better from the high post from that power forward center slot was Chris Weber. Yeah. Flat out. Yeah. Chris that's Weber a, that's a good comparison, yeah. That's that's a good one. If he, if he had half Chris Weber's offense, he would have been one he'd be the lock for the Hall of Fame. For sure, definitely. All right, so moving on in the West, we touched on Golden State. 
Um, I mean, we got to talk the Clippers. Man, it's... I don't know if it's the rivalry in me, CJ, but... I'm not excited by this Clippers team. That's funny. That's funny. The Just the fact that you refer to it as a rivalry now just goes to show where we are. Like, that. that's what it is. Because, look, five years ago, ten years ago, you wouldn't have said that was a rivalry. He was like, okay. No, okay, even with, with Blake and Chris Paul, wasn't a rivalry. Right. So, yeah. I mean... But now look. there's, like, legit beef between Kawhi. When Kawhi spurned LeBron, he made it a rivalry. And then when the drama got added to it, we we, we, we took Montrez. Yeah. That was big. That was yep. big. There's bad blood there, man. Yep. And look, Braun was in an interview saying, like, yo, there's some chirping going on over there. Like, those those cats was chirping. So, oh, it's yeah. it's a real robbery. And, um, you got Patrick Beverly on your roster. There's going to be some chirping. No, for sure. For sure. Look, I, I, I like what the Clippers are doing so far this year. We know what Kawhi Leonard's going to bring. They lost Montrez Harrell, but we just talked about Sergi Bach and what he meant for t- Toronto. So, replacing Sergi uh, Montrez He's the third Harrell. leading scorer. The there you go. That, what is he averaging? Thirteen a game, but he's shooting. Game. He's shooting forty percent from three from the center position. Okay, that's strong. That's that's, that's, that's strong. strong. That's yeah. yeah. That's that's real strong. And then I mean, you know what Kawhi is going to give you, Paul George. Uh, that's that's who Paul George got crucified after the bubble in the NBA postseason. And look, he earned every bit of that. People used to love Paul George. Now it's like people hate him. It's all this talk going around and. Paul George has somewhat responded. I mean, he's he's got something to prove. Yeah, he's their leading games. scorer. Yep, leading per. He's averaging almost two steals a game. Like he, he's doing it. It's just people are wondering, man, does he have that second gear? And he's we soft. won't know till the playoffs. Did you see where Devin Booker called him soft the other day, and they well, they acted well, all tough? He, he called him more than soft. Yeah, he he <laughs> called him a soft ass. Beep, but Beep. you know. <laughs> And I, I mean, I love that. I love yeah. that coming from Devin Booker. Well, you know, airball a game winning three pointer and you're soft. Yeah, straight up, <laughs> straight up. And you know what? This is probably a good segue here to the Phoenix Suns. I think Devin Booker seeing him chirp at Paul George like that, I feel like Chris Paul rubbing off on him, man, giving him that competitive drive. Next thing you know, he's going to be bitching at the refs the whole game. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That'll, that, yeah, yeah. That's next. That's next. But, yeah, man, just to touch on on the Phoenix Suns, um, I think this was a team you were really big on. I said that they have the – as high as the fourth seed. As high as the fourth seed, you did. I said they have a chance to win 50 games, uh, but I don't think they're real contenders. They're playing they're, – they're learning how to win. If you look at Devin Booker's stats and his numbers, they're a bit down through the first uh, week and a half of the season as opposed to last year, but I don't really think it matters. They're winning. Bruh, if you look at these stats, the Suns are playing beautiful team basketball, bro. They got seven people in double figures. That's strong. That's seven people. Chris Paul, he doesn't even need to be leaned on for offense. He's averaging 13 points a game. But he's also averaging eight assists per game. But the strong play from the bench with those, we called it in the offseason, Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder was an amazing pickup for them off the bench. He blends in with that offense perfectly. And then who was the dude that I told you was the key that they re-signed in the offseason? Dario Saric. Dario Saric is the exact type of player. When you have an elite point point guard like Chris Paul, his stats will improve. Is he one of the guys in double figures too? He is. He's averaging 10 points a game with a 15 PER too. Word up. Word yeah. up. Word I think up. it's nothing but up for the Suns right now. If Chris Paul can stay healthy, that's the team to watch. And M- Mikael Bridges. Taking that next jump, 14 yeah. points a game. Another 3, three and D player. Mm-hmm. Always bringing up 3 and D players, man. You need him, and he's a good one. And the continued development of DeAndre Ayton, he's the perfect big man to put with Chris Paul. Yeah. Like Tyson Chandler was Chris Paul's soulmate. This is Tyson Chandler with a three ball. Yeah, And you know what? That's my argument for, for the Suns. I don't think adding Chris Paul makes them legit contenders. Um, I think they can win 50 games, but it's more so, I guess, what you can't really, it's the intangibles. It's what Chris Paul means to DeAndre Ayton and what he's going to show him as far as being a professional and being good in this league. Once Chris Paul leaves, I think Phoenix Suns won't miss too much of a beat because Chris Paul is showing those young kids how to ball. This is what you need to do to win. Yo, you worried about the Nuggets? Um, I'm not worried about the Nuggets just because the roster is super talented, but they don't look too good early, early on this year. And Jokic is putting up crazy numbers too. 
Bro, but, crazy numbers. Check this. 22 points, 11 rebounds, almost 13 assists. That's stupid, but his team is 2-4. and four. Yeah. It's stupid. That's ridiculous coming from a center. And Michael Porter's putting up numbers, too. He's almost. They almost have three 20-point-per-game scores, and they're getting roasted. Yeah. Porter's averaging 19 points. Murray's 24, and Jokic's 23. They almost have... Three twenty point per game scores. I think they put it together before the end of the year. I think it's just a little, I don't know little you, hangover. I don't know if you remember what I said during the Western Conference preview that we dropped about the Nuggets and them becoming a championship team. They will do so when Jokic begins to play defense. When your big starts to play defense, everyone's gonna play defense. And just I don't even have the numbers in front of me. I know you're 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 you know kind of clicking around and you're checking out the numbers. What scares me about what you just told me is Murray averaging 24, Jokic just under that with 23, and Porter is averaging damn near 20. So you got three 20-point scores on your team, and you're 2-4, and four, which means they can't stop anybody, which means the same— Now, Porter's playing defense. Porter's averaging a steal a game and one one and a half blocks. I mean, you know, that's cool. That That's cool, but what we need to look at is as far as how, how many points per game— are they giving up? How how many points a game is other teams scoring on them? Yeah, um, because that can't be good if they're two and four and they're putting up points like that. Well, I'm worried about them a little bit because they're playing Michael Porter Jr. power forward next to Jokic. That's a scrawny, scrawny front court or back court. It the is, but court, excuse it, me. It is, but you know what? If Jokic is running the offense from the from the from the high post. I mean, I don't see nothing wrong with putting four shooters around him. So I actually, I actually like that. I mean, look, it's it's not traditional, but what's traditional about the NBA these days? You feel I mean, me? What's, tra- what's traditional about the Joker's team at all? Like, <laughs> right? Or I mean, look, you got look. We we I, I've never seen so many six five, six four, six five cats playing like center. Yeah, it's wild. You, you know, you got Pascal in, in Golden State. He plays a lot of center for Golden State when Wiseman is, is, uh, isn't out there. We saw P.J. Tucker play a lot of center. Uh, Boston Celtics got uh, Grant Williams. He's he's like mm-hmm. 6'5". They run him at center a lot. So, um, game's definitely I, changing. I say we save some Utah Jazz, Portland Trailblazers, and Dallas Mavericks talk for next episode. Sure. Um, uh, shout out to Luca. St- looking at his get things off the ground. We had his first triple-double of the season last night. Looked pretty. Yeah. Pretty triple-double. And they don't have Porzingis right now either, right? I, yeah, I exactly. So I'm not worried about them. They're, they're going to they're gonna be around at the end of the year. Uh, surprising Memphis Grizzlies so start. John Morant looks amazing, but maybe we're seeing that one-year malaise before they take that next step with all their younger players. Yeah. And, are... Yeah, look, I love the Grizzlies and, and their young core. They're going to be special. I know John Morant... Um, kind of he went down last week they're saying he's going to be out for about four to six weeks i believe with an ankle so um, that's a that, shame that's a bit of a, a blow but but they, are we worried about that in the future because john morant the man plays hard yeah yeah he, he almost plays too he, he reminds me a lot of a russell westbrook when you watch russell westbrook play he doesn't have the meat like russ that's no, the thing he doesn't but you know what russell westbrook was frail in one point too russell westbrook came into the league at like six three a buck 80 you know didn't have a lot of ass with him he turned into a ninja turtle he did but you know my, my whole thing with russ and even with john morant or just young players coming into the game um you don't want to have to exert that much energy to like be great or do the things that you that you're good at on on the on the court, and so that was my biggest question with with Russell Westbrook. But Russell Westbrook is a freak. I've never seen someone who can kind of have that much energy from quarter one to quarter four. And John Morant kind of fits that mode, but I think John Morant may be a little better offensively than than what Russell Westbrook is. Oh, definitely, definitely, and he gets his. Uh, he plays within the offense a little better than Russ for sure. Yeah. He's he's a true point guard. All yeah. right. Let's let's we've gone a little longer than we expected today. We covered a lot of good teams. Let's cover some rookies. Let's highlight some rookies that we were surprised by this year. I know, I know, you wants to talk about the flashiest, of the course. prettiest. Let me let me hear about it. Tell me about Lamelo. Man, my man Lamelo Ball. He's he's been balling out. Um, initially, I was happy that he went to the Hornets. I'm like, okay, learning under MJ and that organization. But then when I looked at the roster and how it's kind of constructed. I was kind of worried for LaMelo Ball because I didn't want him to get kind of 
lost in the, in the sauce, so to speak. Um, I like all. I think the that's Hornets. how he put it too. <laughs> I, I like all the Hornets pieces. I don't know if I quite like them all together. But Lamelo Ball, man, he's balling out. He's averaging almost twelve points, five rebounds, five assists, two steals in just twenty-four minutes. Um, he is averaging about two and a half turnovers a game, but you expect that out of a rookie. Just man, it's high usage too. He's he's unconscious. He's he's taking deep threes. He's hitting them. Um, he's making his teammates better in transition. The passes are just out of this world. LaMelo Ball has a very bright future. I said, I said, I've been telling everybody, he's the next coming of Penny Hardaway. We'll see. I like it. No, I, I believe it. The one thing that I look for in LaMelo this year in growth is can he do it night to night? Because we've already seen it a couple times where he'll he'll drop 22 and then nothing the next yeah. game. Yep. Zero. So the consistency is key. But he's going to own the highlight reel for the rookies. That's why he'll probably win rookie of the year. 100%. I can't wait till the, till All-Star weekend. Bruh, I'm at, seeing him in the, oh, in the, in the rookie out. game? Oh, my this, God. Seeing him in the skills competition, bro. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, here's, here's one player that I think is outplaying LaMelo Ball right now, and he's not getting any credit. Tyrese Halliburton, bro. I know we talked about him in the draft podcast, yeah. and we we saw Tyrese Halliburton get leaned on because he played at Iowa State. They didn't have, you know, they had to lean on him. He was their best player. Right. We didn't realize he wasn't meant to be leaned on in the NBA. Everyone was worried about him and De'Aaron Fox playing together, whether it would work out. He's the perfect complement to De'Aaron Fox. Yeah. I was he doesn't need the ball it. in his hands. He's great on kickout threes. He has an amazingly high kickout three rate. Like standing still, shooting threes on the kickout pass, and his ball movement is that of a ten-year NBA veteran. He moves yeah. the ball quick and with authority. That offense is clicking, man. If they can figure out a way to get Bagley involved and get him going in the fourth quarter, because he's been sitting in the fourth quarter. His daddy actually tweeted and is calling for trades. What's up with NBA daddies? Calling for trades. Like, shut the fuck up. Don't ruin your kid's career. <laughs> like, you figure you learn lesson already. <laughs> hey, look, I, I I feel that. I feel that because I think uh, if you've ever played sports at any kind of level, like, the black dad is uh is definitely overbearing. Man, there's, pl- there's plenty of white dads <laughs> problems, too. So it's, it's, it's a They're just a lot worse in baseball, that's all. Yeah, yeah, or football. Remember, remember, remember the Titans when uh, Ryan Gosling got benched for Petey. Coots, Coots, don't you take out my boy! (laughs) Oh man, that's a good one. That's a good one. Exactly. But yo, back to uh, to Halliburton. Um, What's impressing me is his turnover, uh, his assisted turnover ratio is is above four to one. So not only. Can, is he making his teammates better by averaging four and a half assists a game? But he's he's averaging under one turnover a game, which is pretty pretty great for, for as for a rookie guard. Yeah, you know, so that's yeah. a that's a great plug in right there, Woody. Uh, I got one other rookie I want to highlight. Now this one, it's one of those ones where you actually watch the games and you see brief moments where you're like, oh, bro, this dude's got skills. Mm-hmm. Uh, Denny Avagia out of the uh, Israeli League on the Washington Wizards. So let me just tell you, I watched the Wizards play the Sixers early in the season. And there was a series where I saw Denny Avagia drop a wet three-pointer on a kickout, right? And I'm like, oh, this this, this 6'11", goofy-looking white kid, he he just dropped a wet three-pointer. He comes back down the court. He bodies Joel Embiid and boxes him out on a rebound. He plays shooting guard, CJ. Mm. And then he came back down, knocked down another three. He's only averaging seven points a game right now, but this kid belongs in the league, and he's going to be on NBA rosters playing meaningful minutes in playoff basketball for 10 years, at least. Let yeah. me, I'm telling you, he's the real deal. He may not be a star, but he's going to average 15 points a game on a good team. Yeah, well, look, I mean, he's also averaging almost five rebounds and two and a half assists a game, too. And he's, and he's he's playing off the ball so um, in just 25 minutes a game. So he's definitely filling up the stat sheet, and he looks good. The last one I want to plug in, since you plugged in, too, I want to plug in one more. And this guy, he's a New York Knickerbocker. He came out of nowhere. Um, mm-hmm. Coach Thibs 
he's he loves this guy to the point to where he's actually putting him in at the end end of games. Emmanuel quickly point guard for the New York Knicks. Uh, Shout out Emmanuel abs- quickly. Extended fam <laughs> to my fam, Melvin Taylor, <laughs> cousin. Melvin, get us an interview, please. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, for sure, man. Get us an interview. Um, Emmanuel quickly. He's averaging fifty-seven percent from the field. He's averaging uh, ten points a game. So um, yeah, man. He's he's been exactly what the Knicks needed. The Knicks they haven't had like a solid guard in the past few years. Someone they can really lean on and build on. And quickly might be that. He's a really good defender. Um, and like his last name, he's quick as shit. He's he's an energizer bunny. So I I really like w- what he's doing right now. Word. Well, man, see, I think that wraps us up, man. You want to close us out? Yeah, man. Um, I'm really not too well versed on how to close out. Um, it's probably not quite like pulling out, but I'm sure it's <laughs> some similarities. And so far, I'm like 100%. So with all that said... It's me, your boy CSPN, and my man, the man, the myth, the legend, the one and only. It's a bird, it's a plane. Nah, it's Woody Massey. Here to give you another NBA preview. Until next time, we out. So many nights, man, I was stressing and finessing, had to